Hello, and welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we hope to enlighten you with all of the hidden stuff that you don't know about careers in creative. This is Catherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we've learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Catherine. Yes. Do you think you're a good storyteller? I think I can spin a good yarn, yes. <laughs> I agree. It always includes a lot of hand-waving and yes. reenactment. Yes, good storytellers <laughs> can wave hands and um, reenact things. That's always fun, too. Um, you just really kind of embody the whole story, and, and, and you're able to kind of, from start to finish, just really, um, like I said, just put together a great, not only just a great story, but just a great, almost like an adventure in a way. And in some ways, that's how a resume could be, too. Um, yeah, we absolutely. We like to tell people that, you know, a resume should tell a story. Yes, I totally agree. It's, I mean, it is a factual document, but you're telling the story of your career. Mm-hmm. And it has, you know, sort of past, present, future, just mm-hmm. like any good story. Um, so while it is factual, it doesn't have to be boring. No, and it, it, it should, should captivate people and, yes, and include hand-waving that you can't see. It should, <laughs> like, move them through, you know, the the progression, just right. like a good story, you know, it has a peak and all of those things. So um, let's dig into that all right, idea a little bit. We can start at the beginning, which would be the past. So when people are compiling the resume, you know, you could do this in a couple of ways. Um, you might just want to um, just make some notes on the side, to figure out how you're going to kind of construct this a little bit rather than, or, and some people just like open up a computer and start typing, which is also very acceptable. Uh, but you want to essentially start with, you know, your education. You know, there comes a point, I think, if you are um, really uh, well-versed, you don't necessarily have to keep including your education. Like if you have 40 years experience or something, you may or may not, you can keep it just like a, like just a, practically like a, just a little, well, by the way line. Um, I think people get really hung up on that too because they're worried about what degree they got and will it apply to the job they're getting? And they're like, you know, I do this, but I have actually have a degree in, you know, why? It doesn't if matter. You have 10 years of experience doing this thing, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what your degree originally exactly, was in. Exactly, exactly. And even if you're starting to switch around, which people do all the time, so don't think it's not acceptable. Maybe sometimes you just put the letters of what you got. Put down like bachelor's degree at X university. You don't have to say bachelor's degree in Greek mythology or something like that. Um, just the education alone from college is sometimes enough and you want to you know make sure that that is included on your resume again unless you know you have like countless years of experience but then even I think people might just are kind of curious to see I guess whether or not you how far you got into school Um, and education also includes continuing education yes so you may have your you know college experience but then what have you done since then mm-hmm. that's education? So it could be additional you certifications know, yeah, or training courses. Right. It could be, you know, you went back and took, you know, traditional college classes and mm-hmm. something, but it's probably a lot more um, certifications and things like mm-hmm. you said, they're related to what you do right. to your industry or your particular role. And that's all important to put it in either chronologically or reverse chronologically, whatever you'd like to do, uh, whichever tells the story better, I guess. Yes. And um, then you can move on to whatever your first job was. And I also, too, when, when I say first job, um, you can decide when you want to start knocking off some of those first jobs. Yeah, and first relevant job, right? Right. So, so we're... We're telling a story, but we're starting with the beginning at the bottom, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like at the end. You know, you can flip to the back of the book. So your beginning is at the bottom of the page, 
and you're working reverse up. And like you said, you have to start making a judgment call on how many roles you're including. Don't, I, I would say don't pick and choose and have weird gaps. Mm-hmm. But if you've had seven positions and 20 years of experience, you probably could drop off the first, the first two or waiting three. job you had, like your yeah. waiting tables or something like that. Yeah, or even your first job in your industry mm-hmm. if it's not really relevant anymore. Right. You know, if you were, you know, just some sort of an entry-level role and now you have progressed way beyond that. Right. Unless it really matters you worked in that industry or at that particular company. Or, yeah, somehow leverages you into this job. Like, say, yeah. for example, your first job was at a newspaper, which one of mine was. Um <laughs> If I was trying to get back into the newspaper business or get another job in the newspaper business, I would definitely mention that, even if though it was one of my first jobs, just to show that I have at least some understanding of the industry. Absolutely. And also, the older the job is, the less you need to say about it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that maybe it's not even, it doesn't even have any bullet points with it. You know, yeah. it's just the job title, and then you can kind of move on to the next one. Yes. Um, the one thing that I like to mention, too, when people are um, first looking for a job, th- some sort of, the, the, sometimes those really, entry-level, non-relevant jobs are kind of relevant. Uh, Because what I like to see if somebody is, um, you know, trying to apply for a new job, but they had to work through school or something like that, I think some of that is important just to see a little bit of their tenacity, see that that somebody else has hired them in the past. You know, they're they're very used to having a job. Um, But make sure that's just, again, formulated in a way where it really kind of tells a story. So I always go back to the waiting tables thing or bartending because I swear everybody in college has done that. or at least something near that, like retail or whatever, where you're, you're hands-on uh, customer service. And when you say that, that's valuable to people. It's like, you know, you were in the front lines of customer service, rapid fire, some crazy person comes in and they want the world. How you're, The fact that you have experience in that, I think it's super valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you don't have a lot of relevant experience in your industry, mm-hmm. your career yet. Over time, Everybody wants jobs, customer experience you know, over time, those jobs are going to drop off. You don't need to have your college jobs after you have, again, you know, 10 years of experience. But when you have two, right, then you're supporting mm-hmm. that with, you know, your previous work, which is just a lot more, like you said, the soft skills and the just professionalism. Right. And that's just what you're proving with that. Absolutely. And and people like to see that sort of thing. It's, like, it's, it's, it's better than putting nothing on there, you yes. know? So if you have something like that. But then within that particular um, section make sure that that tells a story too. So the bullet points may be, you know, handled, you know, rapid pace. Maybe you handled um, a team or a couple people, you know, you, you know, were in charge of something. Um, include all of those little things in there. You know, like I said, it's, it's better to show that you're starting to build a history, a, a story being an employee. Um, and then people can start connecting the dots or what, if you're in for the interview, you could connect the dots on how those will apply to this new job. Yeah. And that's a, great point of like those kind of jobs are places where you can use the storytelling mm-hmm. idea a little bit more because you don't need to like say I worked in a you know retail clothing store I don't need to explain what I did because right. people have shopped in a retail clothing yes. store like they know what mm-hmm. you did so you can use those you know two or three bullets to explain more like you said did right. you have any kind of leadership mm-hmm. were you in charge of for you know, yeah. things or what did you learn like you know I got really good at dealing with irate customers. That mm-hmm, is much mm-hmm. more... Handling cash. Yeah, you know. that's much more interesting, useful story than, right. you know, helped women select pants. <laughs> like, I got that. I know you worked at this Unless store. it really applies to your next job, of course. But yes. um, but yeah, it's, it's exactly... People know mm-hmm. that that's what you do. You know, you, you get 
you know, close for customers, but where is the learning in that? And maybe that's a little bit better way to describe it is, you know, what did you learn that got you to the next level to your next job sort of thing? Yeah. So people can kind of see where the dots are connecting and the story is being told. Yeah. You're going to apply it to the next Mm -hmm, role. mm -hmm. Totally agree. So from that, I went here and from that, I went here and from that, I went here, which then takes us, I guess, to the present, unless you had some Mm -hmm. other comment on the past. No, no. We can leave the past behind. No, we can leave the past (laughs) behind. You're just moving up the page and further into your story mm-hmm. into the present, like mm-hmm. you said, and that present job you're probably going to say the most about. It's the one you're in. Right, so right. So you probably have the most bullets, but still using that storytelling, still not just stating what you did. Right. But Boring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Use action words, you know, yes, things that yes. are, you know... Um, Things you did, you accomplished. Yes, you, yes. You know, measurables are fantastic if Led, you have them. You know, just really, really kind of dig in and, you know, it's... And re- and also really take credit for what you did too. I I find that we tend to read a lot of humble, very humble resumes. Yeah. Um, really take credit for what you've done. And if you were a leader, if you were in charge of, if you you know assisted, um, use those words because that's what people want to see. They want they want to you want to let them know that you want more of that, which starts us um, dipping into the future of the story. Yeah, right and, now. but just for a moment in the in the present, I do think with what you just said, I think sometimes people don't include detail because they assume everyone knows. Oh yeah. Like, Oh, I worked at, you know, in the marketing department at this large company where everybody knows what they do, how big Mm -hmm. that team is, all those things. Don't make that assumption. Like even within your city where you live, people may not be as familiar with that company as you think they are. Like you are 100% immersed in it. You know, all that detail. They may not realize that it's a, 40 person department and the creative team is 10 people and you mm-hmm. were leading them, they might think there were like two of you. Right. So th- using the specifics, you know, the metrics and just the, some specific detail and not just making a lot of assumptions and plus detail makes a story more interesting. Oh, absolutely. Right? So you want to weave all those details and, and facts in there. Exactly. Because I mean, you could say that you're walking through the forest or you can talk about all the things that you see as you're walking through the forest. You know, there's a, you know, a gravel path and there's little bunnies and there's the trees are blossoming. I mean, it really makes a difference in some of those details. Yes, absolutely. So now moving on to (laughs) the future. And I think that's where the storytelling idea is really powerful is telling sort of painting that picture of the future, Mm -hmm. you know, telling that story of where you're, where you're going or where you want to be going with your career, even, you know, it might be tied to like where you see your industry going, what you Mm -hmm, see the future mm -hmm. trends, the future jobs, you know, everyone's jobs are changing so much with technology. What do you see five years from now for you, for your industry and theoretically for this company you're applying for? Right. And as you're writing that too, I'm going to also um, caution people, and this is going to be applied to the past too, um, using words that not everybody understands because not the one thing that makes a, a story really boring is people when people don't know what you're talking about. So if there are some buzzwords and code words either from your company especially or in your industry that perhaps somebody in HR might not know, um, you know, spell it out or or kind of explain what that particular duty was versus just throwing a bunch of acronyms out there. Yeah, too much jargon. It's another one of those things like you're totally immersed in it mm-hmm. and you just use these phrases or abbreviations or whatever right. all the time. You just assume everybody mm-hmm. knows. Or you, you might be doing it just so you sound a little smarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. And I, I think I, and on one hand, that's kind of a good strategy. 
But I'm just saying be cautious of that because somebody might look at it and just say, this is just gibberish and I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and then you've totally lost them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this whole idea of telling the story of where you're going, really, we think this sits in that people call it like the executive summary. It's basically that short paragraph that's right below all your contact, your name and mm-hmm, contact mm-hmm. information. And it's a summary of you. But the thing is, I think a lot of people use it as, as an executive summary. Like I'm summarizing everything I've already done. Or that's where they put the ask for the job in too. It's like, yeah. you know, and you know, you, they're not even interested in you yet. So why yeah. are you asking for the job? Exactly. So, so, you know, we're encouraging people to think about using that summary area to talk about more where you're going mm-hmm. and where you can help that company go. I mean, you're trying to paint this picture of the future right. and they see you as the one that can help them get them there. Right. And that's so much more interesting than like, here is a summary of my past right. history. Right. It's here's a summary of my future and maybe supplemented with like a sentence about your past, which shows like why you can get there mm-hmm. because of what mm-hmm. you've already done. Yeah. But it's so much more engaging. Exactly. And it, it goes back to just um, the simple, okay, here's where I started. Here's where it built up. And here's what I want to do for you. And I'm... Here, well, here's where it's going. Exactly. Yeah. And this is where I see my future. You know, it's obviously with your company, that sort of thing. But it, as you were talking, it made me think of when um, you pick up a DVD or something and there's always like that little summary on the back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, when you think about people marketing those... You, people are looking at the back and say, well, what's this about? Do I think yeah. it's interesting? Do I want to watch it? Home. Yeah. yeah. Um, make it kind of like that, I guess, in a way, you know, where it's like, it's because it tells you a little bit about what, you're, what to expect, what the story is and things like that. And it's got to be exciting enough where people want to know more. Yeah, that's a great analogy because that paragraph is the thing, you know, if it's engaging and intriguing enough, then they keep reading mm-hmm. on down your resume. You right. know that, I mean, there's this, thing if people look at resume for like six or 10 seconds. So they're reading that first. It's at the top. Usually they're reading that first. And then it's like, oh, was that interesting enough to read more? Exactly. Do I want to read down the resume? Was this whole thing interesting enough to reach out to this person Mm -hmm. and have a call or, you know, schedule an interview? So you're right. It's exactly that. You're it's your little marketing summary. Right. It, there's a, an old newspaper term that's called, I'll see, I'm using my newspaper terms <laughs> again, um, where it had things had to be above the fold because when the newspapers were folded in half, anything that was on that top half was what people read and typically they did not flip it over and look yeah. at the bottom part that's of the paper. That's what gets them to pick it up, right? That's what gets them to pick it up. And that's about as much time as you have to kind of win people over with a resume too. They get about halfway down that page and if they, you haven't captivated by then, you're getting moved to the side because you have to figure too, there might be getting hundreds of resumes. Um, so there's somebody who's got just flipping through really quick to see who's going to grab me, who's going to grab me. Um, so it's that summary's at the top, you know, that's, that's your intro. That's your moment to say, Hey, Hey, hey don't, don't put me in the pile. Yeah, put me in, the, in pile A. Yeah, I want to keep the, put me the key pile, not at the circular file. Yes. Um, and that's the opportunity. And to your point about, um, jargon and language and that sort of thing, just, never forget a computer is doing the first search, Mm -hmm. you know, the first filter. So making sure you do have the important words, you know, that are tied to your industry, to the job, Mm -hmm. to the, you know, the work that they're looking for. If you don't have, you know, if it's a design role and you haven't listed out, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator and InDesign, unfortunately the computer might not find you, which is sad, but true. So set yourself up for success by using all the right, 
you know, keywords that's, as well. That's true too. And um, a lot of companies that do receive a lot of resumes really rely on those too. Um, so yeah, definitely make sure that that is all really clear. Um, the one thing that just also kind of popped into my mind too, because we recently did a uh, podcast about ageism and things like that, is to be really particular with the words you choose too. Uh, because if you are an older person, and I'm guilty of this too, I will say stuff to the team and I'm like, oh, that was straight out of the 80s. <laughs> totally dating myself. So just make sure that you know the words that you use are very current. The one, the one that kind of always makes my nose crinkle a little bit is when people say that they're seasoned. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very old term. I would rather say highly experienced. Um, if you are really young, don't get, you know, too, um, edgy, you know, um, industry veteran is another one. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, just really be aware of, you know, some of the words that you put in that first part too, because again, that could be make or break as well. They're going to, and people don't, well, let me just say that people shouldn't judge based on that. But it's, again, if you have a hundred resumes and, like I said, if they're saying, oh, season, no, and then you're automatically, that's how fast it went. That's how fast yeah. it went. So, you know, tell a story that's really kind of compelling um, off the front and make it, make it interesting. And get some help, too. Don't feel like, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I'm a horrible writer. Um, there are places that will help you. There are people that will help you. Find a, a person who's a, a good storyteller, too. To say, how can I jazz this up a little bit? Break out of the thesaurus and find new words that you might not normally use to... Um, to replace some of your everyday mundane words. <laughs> yes, and and to your point about you know words like seasoned or industry veteran, it's not even that you know the person reviewing the resume maybe they're not judging you for being older or having more experience. It's more for the way you it's, phrased it's it. It's the choice of you words. know it's exactly. not. I don't care that you have twenty years of experience. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. I sort of care that the you sound stodgy in the way you put it. And it's it. Um, doesn't make you sound current. I yeah. know some people that are, well, I just met somebody who was almost 90, quite frankly, the other day. And I could not stop talking to him. He was the most compelling person ever. And it's like, you know, yeah. he'd be so fun to work with. Right. So age does not matter. Right. But it's not about age. It's about no, it's how a, you're coming across. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, like I said, it, 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 you get the point. I, mean, I could go into this a little bit further. But you have to just make sure that you are, you know, constantly up on new words. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. are making it sound, you know, just very trendy mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But not, not, I guess, not overly so. Don't get too crazy. Like I said, because, again, then people won't know what you're talking about. And then you've lost them. Yes, the story, exactly. So. Yeah. You, you don't want to be on either end of that <laughs> right. extreme. So I think you, you have a really great point about... So, you know, if someone, maybe they don't feel like they are a great writer. They're mm-hmm. really good at lots of things, but that's not their strength. What are some resources that maybe they could tap into? I mean, if they're, if they're a creative, mm-hmm. hopefully they know, like maybe you're a designer, but you have a friend who's a writer. Right. Like that's a great right. place. And, you know, honestly, you're going to have to, you're the only one who can put together the facts. Mm-hmm. You know, you can put, you have to put down like, you know, here's my job and this was the title and this is what I did. But you could put together kind of that draft of bullets and information and then have someone help you really, like you said, I think jazz it up, you know, make it just sound a little more interesting, more compelling. Right. And what I would do too is, and, and I've done this um, when I try to write some things that I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of new to me is I will just go online and see what other people have done and read a whole bunch of them. And then you start figuring out how it's supposed to sound. Yeah. So it's not your story and it's not necessarily somebody else writing your story, but you're seeing how other people are telling their story and you start mimicking that a little bit and say, Oh, I see. They, they start, they had this nice little build up, and it had a nice ending to it. Um, and you, I, and I would just say literally read like maybe 10 to 20 
that other people have done. Um, and you could just like Google that or hover whatever search engine you use and um, just look up other examples of that. And then yeah. you can start figuring out, oh, okay, yeah, they didn't use this word. I liked, I liked how this sounded. Yeah. What um, style do you like? Cause you, you don't like know. that was kind of yeah. succinct and short. Yep. And, yep. and you don't, and you don't know, and don't, don't feel that you should feel bad about not knowing because we all don't know everything, do we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and how to form a sentence. And apparently in my case, right <laughs> and you but. can use tools. Like there's a tool that I love called Grammarly mm, for mm-hmm. writing. And that's more about, um, it'll, you know, suggest grammar corrections mm-hmm. or like literally I'll catch typos because it knows you use the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about manager and manger. <laughs> manger. They're both words yep, spell check will so not like get spell it. check won't catch it but something like grammarly will because it's reading the sentence and saying manger doesn't make mm-hmm. sense in the sentence you probably meant some other word right and so um tools like that that can maybe help you because it will suggest like you said the thesaurus it will suggest alternate words i'll say oh you know great is very overused i tend to use mm-hmm. great a lot and it tells me this <laughs> all the great time great is overused here are three other words you might want to consider and sometimes i do and sometimes i don't but um you know, using tools like that can help you. Um, I love the idea of just going out and reading ones you like mm-hmm. and kind of taking notes like, why do you like that? Mm-hmm. What what did you like about mm-hmm. it? Tapping into your, especially in the creative industry, your your marketing copywriting friends. I right. mean, essentially they are writing copy to sell products and things all day long. Mm-hmm. They can help you sell you. Right, right. <laughs> Which is really what this is read all about. Read the back of some DVDs. Yeah, read the back <laughs> of some DVDs or, or a book, if you remember those. Yeah, exactly. So the yeah, backs of books have also have, you know, a lot that of great writing on the back. To, exactly, yeah. to kind of hook you into it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the idea. You got to get the hook, get the people in there to um, just continue reading. Exactly. You're, you're writing your resume as if it's just basically a one page short story. Exactly. With lots of bullets. <laughs> it's an epic novel. <laughs> and it's all you. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. And we hope you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you would like to hear about, don't hesitate to send us an email at questions at portfoliocreative.com.